0: Welcome to Access Atlanta. I'm your host, Shane Harrison. And this week, I'm here once again with our TV and radio reporter and blogger, Rodney Ho. Welcome. Hey, Shane. Um, So you've uh, brought us something. uh, There's a new TV show uh, that's coming. There's so few of those that ever come out nowadays. I
1: mean, what's a TV show at this point? Uh, Yeah, this is actually a new syndicated talk show uh, led by Tamron Hall. Right. Uh, You might recognize that name from MSNBC, NBC, and the Today Show. She was on the Today Show for several years. um, Was unceremoniously... She actually left right after they hired Megyn Kelly. Right. And she realized her 9 a.m. slot had suddenly disappeared. And even though they offered her some extra cash, it wasn't enough. She just felt like, okay, they want Megyn Kelly. And uh, now look what happened to Megyn Kelly and NBC. Um, So she decided to take the path of doing a talk show, which in this... Day and age is a tough road to hoe, you
0: know. Right, yeah, I would think so. I mean, there's, I mean, the the paths are littered with uh, failed talk shows.
1: Oh my, Um, (laughs) yeah, we can go. A lot of fellow journalists, you know, you got Anderson Cooper who tried one, yeah, and three former Today Show hosts have tried and failed, and they're all very well respected. Jane Pauley tried a talk show, didn't work out. Meredith Vieira tried one, Mm -hmm. so did Katie Couric. Yeah, so she's the fourth one, I think, at least.
0: Uh, So from that standpoint uh she has major challenges ahead yeah but i mean you never know because occasionally one of these talk shows just takes off and does really really well
1: um, right now it's been recently it's been more the uh, sort of the group talk, talk shows like yeah. the chat the, you know, the, the talk the those view. are the types of, you know, the view started yeah, 20 been, years ago right. but exactly. ensembles seem to have done better yeah. um, the solo shows have struggled in recent years yeah. um, and you know Queen Latifah even tried it and right. you know, Harry Connick Jr so people yep. and, and this year it's interesting we've got two shows so we've got Kelly Clarkson and Tamron Hall very different people oh I didn't realize Kelly Clarkson uh, yeah yeah, she's got her own talk show as well. Huh. Uh, it's going to be on WSB. She gets the 2 a.m. slot, unfortunately, while Tamron gets the much better 3 p.m. slot. Uh, she's taken over for Dr. Oz, who mo- moves moves over to CBS 46 here okay. locally in Atlanta. Uh, but, huh. uh, you know, I spoke with Tamron in June. She came by WSB TV studios, did mm-hmm. some promos, did some, um, you know, talked about why she thought, uh, you know, a talk show was the r- was right for her. mm mm-hmm. um, you know, she feels like she's got a good journalistic background, obviously. She does yeah. a lot of crime stuff, and that works well in the talk show realm. And she can talk serious topics and not so serious topics. And she's going to do three out of the five shows a week live. So she's going to hit oh. newsy. You know, being a journalist, I think she wants to be a little newsier, yeah. unlike, say, Ellen or something, right. or Dr. Phil, which don't yeah. have to be newsy. Yeah. Um, so she'll be closer, somewhat closer to the, like The View or live with Regis and Ryan in terms of how she'll address whatever's happening that day for at least part of the week right Um, and uh, you know while I said it's a major challenge and it's been the last time a real successful solo talk show has been uh, was Steve Harvey and that was like in 2011 and even (laughs) his show got cancelled right Uh, he got bumped out for Kelly Clarkson for some reason Um, yeah so he was the last successful one and before that it was wendy williams right uh, and that and she's been around 10 years and she's had her issues as we yeah. know uh so uh,
0: canceling a recent appearance
1: here right exactly yes, yes. Uh, the, the reality is uh, syndicated daytime syndicated tv you know is watched disproportionately by minorities a lot of black women which is why shows like wendy williams have worked so well mm-hmm. and um that gives Tamron hall at least a shot you know obviously nobody will be Oprah. I mean, right. Oprah was there before streaming and before right. uh, a lot of other shows and yeah. she dominated the, you know, ever since she left, uh, nobody's been able to match that by any stretch of the imagination. I don't think Tamron Hall believes that she would ever match Oprah. Nobody can match Oprah. That was yeah. uh, that was the past. <laughs> that right. cannot
0: be replicated. Well, the landscape is entirely different now. It's, there are so many more options. Oh, of
1: course. You don't have to watch anything live anymore You can, yeah. or you can just DVR it and even then there are a lot of syndicated tv shows out there i don't even know what they are at this point it's just too many tv shows periods and if you count anything streaming that's also tv in my mind so it's it's fairly endless but Tamron, you know she's gonna give it a try and uh, you never know she seems very likable we'll see whether the audience will connect with her yeah you know in in this environment it's a it's a difficult environment to really break through i guess like you Mm said
0: yeah well, you know it's it, you just never know these things can uh, take off uh, and and unexpectedly, you just never know how uh, somebody is going to uh, come across in a talk show format. I mean, even though you know a morning show host there you would think that those skills would translate because they're they're very similar.
1: Oh, they are, but in an ensemble cast like today's show, it's different than being a solo True. I think when you're solo, it's all on you, yeah. and that's why the ensemble shows seem to do better because you can always sub people out. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, Julie Chen can leave right. the talk, and it's fine. I mean, right. they'll survive. Yeah. Uh, you know, they've got plenty of you know women who can do. It. And The View is cycled through its entire cast virtually, except for Joy Behar at this point. And she even left for a period. So yeah. you know, I just read the book, uh, "Ladies Who Punch," and that's a fascinating book yeah. about. <laughs> how that show evolved, right. um, but at least if you're solo you don't have that level of drama, even though True. You know, obviously you could have drama with your cast, uh, with, with your staff, but it's probably different than if you were on an ensemble cast, right. so right. Um, you know, Tamara doesn't strike me as a drama queen, so hopefully yeah.
0: she isn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome, so so you spoke with her about her show and, and you know, about her, yeah, and her she's like, path there. And yeah, I mean,
1: she in the interim time when she uh, actually had some time off after today's show, she. Made met a man, married him, had a baby, Mm -hmm. so, you know, in her late 40s, so she's been able to sort of at least find some, you know, good in her personal life from, from leaving that gig. At the, at the Today Show, even though what happened to Megan Kelly? Now that's a big question,
0: too. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yes. I'm sure Taryn won't say it out loud, but I'm sure she no. feels a little bit like I could still be at the Today Show right now. Right. Here right. she is.
0: But then, you know, she might not have had this An opportunity. Uh, you know, the, the personal, the things in her personal life that happened exactly. to her may not have happened if so. Yeah. You know, life is full of what ifs. Exactly. Life
1: isn't just about work.
0: Yep. So, all right. Well, uh, well, let's take a listen to your interview with uh, Tamron Hall, whose TV show starts September
1: when? 9th, 3 p.m. locally here on WSB TV. And nationally, you could just look it up and see uh, you know, where she's at. And she's pretty much in every market. All right. Great. Hey, this is Rodney Ho from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I am here with Tamron Hall. She is in Atlanta right now promoting her new talk show coming on September 9th. September 9th Welcome to Atlanta. I hope uh, they fed you well, or maybe they haven't. Yet. You know
2: what? We've been running around, and so I did not get a proper Atlanta meal or Georgia That's meal. A shame. It
1: maybe is you're going straight to the airport. I'm
2: what going, a shame. But they left me with a gift basket, and so I just had a piece of divinity. Did you know what divinity oh, I is? Don't know what that okay, is. this. They are telling me divinity is a, an Atlanta or Georgia thing. It's like a marshmallow nougat thing. I, I hope had you're that.
1: Twenty-four years, no idea what that is. Okay, so I've I'm been I've been
2: bamboozled.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you've had the wildest three years probably I guess in any uh, situation sometimes your career just goes haywire and yeah. you were like focused your career everything was going yeah. great and then suddenly Megyn Kelly came along and things didn't go so great right <laughs> it was weird right
2: <laughs> it was interesting it was interesting as I said uh, I was made an offer that I could not refuse and she made she was made an offer she she should not I think she should have Taking the job and and, and wait,
1: and wait. I think you reversed that. Let's I did. Backwards. I messed that up. Yeah, I, I messed that up. Line before, oh yeah. No, so. <laughs> she
2: was. A, she was made an offer. She should not refuse. I was made one. I could refuse. You could, refuse. And you, you could have stayed, right? I, mean, I could have stayed. I've never said I could not have stayed. But, I could have stayed, but I chose to leave um, because the offer I felt um, did not match uh, what I put into the investment.
1: It's great. So I mean, you put a worth on yourself, and you decided it, at I, this point in your life, it's like, hey there are other opportunities that might present themselves.
2: Well, there be- are other opportunities that will present themselves. Yes. I didn't know what it was, right. but I knew at 48 I could not retire because my bank account did not match Bill <laughs> Gates. Um, and I knew that um, I had some value in the world of television as a but journalist. You put yourself I've been, on yeah. NBC
1: and MSNBC, there's no doubt. Well,
2: I mean, before those years, yeah. I was in TV since I was 18. Yeah. So my journey started very on. And, and sometimes you just have to bet on yourself. And And uh, I think we all face that.
1: And I'm sure it was a scary few months, the first few months.
2: It was a scary two years, you know, it was scary. But if we succumb to fear, then we will never try anything new. We won't go out on a new date. We won't meet new people. So for me, while it was a job, it was a bigger reflection, I think, of all of us and and that ability to believe in yourself or the, the ability to take that leap of faith.
1: I mean, if you, uh, you've said in previous interviews, some of the offers were not so great immediately mm-hmm. afterwards, right? Were you expecting a little more, uh, you know, meat, you know, <laughs> on the bone, so to speak? In well, terms no, of what yeah, they offered, yeah.
2: I think that for me, you know, being a woman, being a woman of color, I realized that I occupy rare air in local and national news. I mean, yes. I was the first black woman to host the daytime today's show in 60 years. And so I was not there because of my color. I was not there because of my gender. I felt that I was there because I'd worked hard and proven myself just as I'm sure you work hard and and get where you are. And you figure what you put in, uh, the offers would match that. And it wasn't ego. I didn't say, oh, well, this is not the amount of money or this job is beneath me. It's just, I realized that, you know, when you look at newsrooms, when you look at the world of journalism, women are in small numbers, and even smaller at executive levels. We can ask ourselves why, we can come up with various answers, but I felt that I had more to put in the game, more skin to put in the game than what was coming my way, the offers.
1: And why, you know, what How did the talk show come about in terms of its uh, fruition?
2: Right after I left uh, the Today Show, I I was trying to figure out what would be the right thing. I have Deadline Crime on ID, which was in its sixth season, and it's a very rewarding show. And it also allows me to do more work in the community with uh, survivors of domestic violence. So that was fulfilled in so many ways. I knew I didn't want to just come back on TV to be on TV, especially in this day and age. People see us and they see being a TV journalist is being glamorous, you right. know, kind of almost infotainment. And I said, I don't want to come back on just so people can say, oh, I saw what you had on that day or, right. you know. So the entertainment tonight,
1: it, nothing gets entertainment tonight, but that wasn't the direction that you wasn't the wanted That wasn't the direction I
2: wanted to go, and yeah. that's fine for other people and maybe at different points in my career. I looked at that. That's not where I yeah. was. And so I said, what matches what I have to bring to the table? So over the two years, I traveled around the country giving speeches. I was being invited by organizations to talk about the leap of faith, to talk about empowerment, to talk about value, and also talk about diversity and what is needed, or I believe is needed in some of the newsrooms that I've worked in. And and it wasn't a preachy thing. I I I don't have the answers. I can only tell you what I've experienced. I say, I'm not an extraordinary person, but I've had an extraordinary journey. So there I was giving these speeches around the country. And, you know, in one day, I'm getting an award from the Bush family at the points of light. And then I'm, you know, in Aspen, Colorado, at the Food and Wine, and then I'm at the Essence Festival talking to Mary J. Blige about her journey from divorce to rebuilding her life. And I thought, this could be a show. All of these journeys, all of these things, this diverse audiences, it can be a show. And I talked with uh, some people, and then I talked to Bill Getty, who was the creator of The View. Uh, I created the show,
1: I'm reading uh, people who yeah punch people, right people now. who
2: punch and yeah. He created this show with Barbara Walters, and I thought this would be an awesome partner to have come in and turn this idea that i have in my head into a reality and so we built this we have an incredible team the co-executive producer of the show talia parkinson worked at wendy williams for 10 years started as an intern worked her way up as the co-executive producer she's one of two uh, women of color in daytime tv to occupy that lane wow. um, our director is a female director which is very
1: rare in this business. Um, Even though daytime TV is still heavily female.
2: It's still heavily female. Absolutely. And so I I wanted this team, not because of the the gender count. I really wanted people who had rich journeys. Talia's family's from Jamaica and she worked her way up from an internship and got this spot, you know. And, And so for me, And and Bill Getty from Oklahoma and then goes on to create the most diverse group of women on television, a show show in history. And and it still still goes on.
1: Super strong. So
2: I just, I I wanted to bring all of these things because I know that I won't win this because of me. I will win it because of them. We are the company we keep. And my TV company uh, right now is pretty awesome, I think. Uh,
1: The magic of a talk show is, it leaves such an open slate for you. And the question is, how do you want to sort of, design it the first year I mean you're still introducing yourself in this mm-hmm. venue so what do you what is what, what are some of the pieces you can picture yourself doing you know in the first 100 days so to speak
2: well you know for me it's, it's limitless because we are talking about life you yes. know today in the news here in Georgia a baby was found in a plastic bag on the side of the street it's people are glued every time you see the video that is not something I can create or plan so when I get up in the morning and see it just like you I'm compelled to talk about it and I'm compelled to discuss this baby's journey and how everyone around him is riveted by it.
1: Will it be a newsy type thing like the View, or will it be more like a pre-taped? You know, some of these. The show is live. Source. The okay, show, so no, you're the going sh- okay.
2: We're going live. We're going live three days a week, and we have two tape shows. Okay. Um, because we want to be current. We want to be day right. of. People know that I'm a journalist. I think I'm a pretty modern person. I get up like the rest of us and turn my phone on and right. to start looking over news stories and what's out but there. there a few
1: episodes where you want to make it a little more
2: Absolutely. Because there are some conversations that are so in-depth, you want to build them. You want them to be quality. And so I want people to turn it on and watch, for example, if we're doing a crime story and we're digging deep into you know, the emotional impact, just as I do on Deadline Crime, uh, that has affected this family. You want to give them time to breathe. There are some celebrities I know that are pretty nervous about going on live television. And if they come on, the criteria is that you have got to come to play. I don't want you on my show or our show just to say, here's my movie, bye-bye. But if we can get someone on and they say, listen, can we tape the show and I'll talk to you about my divorce. I'll talk to you about who I am. Because when we talk about celebrity interviews, a lot of people say, I'm so sick of celebrity interviews. I think it's because it's just very food chain, fast food. Sure, now they're
1: just playing games. They're just playing
2: games. But I figure if we provide a safe and open environment, as we've seen for many years on daytime television in years past, you will have a Lady Gaga who comes on and talks about being a survivor of assault. What this means for her and why she pours so much into that life. And I've spoken with her many times, and I don't feel that I've seen one interview that reflects the person that I've talked to on the sidelines. Are there a talk
1: show hosts you admire from the past or present?
2: Absolutely. I, Mike Douglas, Phil Donahue, Rolando Watts, the great one known as Oprah Winfrey. The list goes on and on. And I tell people, you know, our team, we jokingly call Oprah the one whose name we shall not say. And it's a joke because. <laughs> As I've told, um, it's it, like the Pantheon. It's, it's like the Pantheon. She's
1: the Mount Rushmore. But, but I say, or, or you by know, the
2: this. reality is, is that Walter Payton was the greatest running back in my opinion to ever play. But guess what? We still watch on Sundays in the fall football, right. and the game, the best may have played it, and I think she's the best to ever play it. But talk didn't end when that show ended, and so we're going to get on the field and we're going to play even though the greatest has done it and we will try our best to just resume that conversation of daytime talk that Phil Donahue did. We're going to be in the audience, we're going to be live, we're going to bring some of that tradition that I think people fell in love with.
1: And are you at all intimidated by the fact a lot of people have tried this, Meredith Vieira, mm-hmm. Kitty Couric, uh, Anderson Cooper, and it just didn't work out? Is that, obviously you're aware of that, it's just the question, are you intimidated or are you just like, that's okay, there's always a chance here? No, <laughs> you know?
2: I don't just see it as a chance. I think. Before you got this job, I bet someone failed at it, but yes. you still applied for the job. Of course. When I worked at, I don't know, Toys R Us, there was someone who was the head cashier before me. <laughs> I still went in and applied. Right. You know, I don't look at it. This happens to be my occupation. But right now, listening to us, pretty much I imagine 90% of the people applied for a job because someone else failed at it. Sure. That didn't stop you from putting in your application. This happens to be my job, and some other people did not succeed in the way that they'd wish. But I'm still putting in my application with the audience that does watch daytime.
1: And um, what is it about daytime? I mean, I presume you've been very busy. I mean, what's kind of the texture? What's I mean, what do you see in terms of the audience in 2019? Uh, you know, especially in a challenging time when a lot of people are watching streaming and uh, Live TV is not necessarily what people go to first. Like what do you how do you get people to, to watch? It?
2: Well, it's it's again meeting people where they are, you know I I'm a TV junkie, but I also keep my phone in my hand as it is right now glued to me It's bringing in both of those worlds. I tell people all the time None of us still carry pagers But I remember my very first page and I thought right. the world was going to oh, yes I'm so modern it's bringing in all the aspects of life, but it's also I think there's something good about nostalgia, there is something good about the reboots of some of the shows that we've watched. And we are rebooting daytime television with a modern uh, spin to it. We have a technology that we're going to unveil during the show that will allow people at home who will not be able to fly to New York, who will never be able to come to New York to be a part of the show. But in reality, it's in its simplest form. Meeting people where they are and allowing them to talk. I've traveled and I hear people, and they're saying over and over again, "Oh gosh, I turn it on in daytime, and it's fun and it's funny and it's great." But I want to really sink into something.
1: What What do you hope people get out of watching your show? if They give you a chance for a couple weeks, and uh, you know, it's like I like Tamra Hall on on the Today Show. I want to see what she's about.
2: I hope they see themselves. I hope they see something they've been talking about, a part of their journey. You know, the exterior of me may not look like you. But I am you inside. I'm the person that was the underdog. That I am the underdog. I you know I left a job because they were willing to bet on someone else and not me. I'm right. not mad about it. I'm not bitter about yeah, it. I can't
1: imagine you have any no. issues. With, no, you just got a business decision on the part. Hundred percent.
2: And mine was too.
1: That's right.
2: And and we've made business decisions that I think we both uh, can live with today. And I hope that the viewers who are watching uh, see their journey in some version, if not through me, through our contributors or through the stories that we're doing. And be able to talk about it. I hope they see a reflection of themselves, and I mostly hope that I make uh, them proud. Our, our catch line is Tamron is back, and I want to be back for a reason.
1: Wonderful. well thank, thank, you thank you so
0: much. Let's see what's happening in and around Atlanta over the next 10 days. As fall approaches, the festivals ramp up, This weekend, it's the Yellow Daisy Festival at Stone Mountain. This annual four-day event features more than 400 artists and crafters from 35 states in beautiful Stone Mountain Park. For 50 years, this festival has been a fun part of the Metro Atlanta Festival scene every fall. And this year, the featured artist is Thomas Burns, a professor of illustration at SCAD. In addition to the art, the festival offers live entertainment, a children's corner, festival foods, and more. And, as always, there are the many attractions of the park itself, with an abundance of hiking trails, including the walk up the mountain itself. If you're not in the mood to climb, take the cable car to the top. The Stone Mountain Yellow Daisy Festival happens 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. September 5th and 6th, 10 a.m. to 7.30 p.m. September 7th, and 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. on September 8th. There's a $20 parking fee at the entrance to the park, or you can get an annual pass for $40. For more info, go to stonemountainpark.com. If you're a fan of Fright, head to the 13th Annual Atlanta Horror Film Festival. The fest happens at Atlanta's Synchronicity Theater at One Peachtree Point in Midtown. You'll see horror, sci-fi, gore, and dark comedy films during a scary mid-September weekend. They'll screen both feature films and shorts to get your spooky season off to an early start. The Atlanta Horror Film Festival takes place September 12th through the 14th at Synchronicity Theater at 1545 Peachtree Street. Three-day passes are $50, daily passes are $25, and individual screenings are $12. Get tickets and see the complete schedule at atlantahorrorfilmfest.com. This year marks the 25th anniversary of Music Midtown, which began as a springtime event at the corner of 10th and Peachtree in 1994, where the Federal Reserve Building now stands. After a six-year hiatus following the 2005 edition, the fest returned in the fall of 2011 in its current home, Piedmont Park. This year, there are four stages with 30 musical acts, headlined by Travis Scott, Vampire Weekend, Panic of the Disco, Cardi B, and Billie Eilish. But don't miss the incredible Lizzo, Hometown Heroes, The Coat Hangers, or the underappreciated throwback country soul of Yola. Music Midtown happens from noon to 11 p.m. September 14th and noon to 10 p.m. September 15th at Piedmont Park. Tickets range from $155 to $1,250. You'll find the full lineup, tickets, and more info at musicmidtown.com. In Tennessee Williams' sultry southern classic Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, tensions heat up between an aging football hero and his tempestuous wife, spilling over into a birthday celebration for the family's Mississippi patriarch. George Ensemble Theater takes on this Pulitzer Prize-winning drama from 1955 in a production that stars Joe Sykes and Kate Donatio McQueen as the warring Brick and Maggie these roles have been filled by a long list of acclaimed actors from Elizabeth Taylor to Scarlett Johansson and Paul Newman to Terrence Howard. See Georgia Ensemble Theater's production of one of the 20th century's finest dramas as Cat on a Hot Tin Roof comes to the stage at Roswell Cultural Arts Center from September 12th through the 29th. Tickets are $24 to $38, and you can get those at get.org.